What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. You can follow the podcast at RGS Pod. As always, enjoy my co-host, Anthony Perry. Anthony, how you doing tonight? What's going on, Zach? What's going on, Niners Faithful? It is your boy, Perry, back with another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. As always, guys, follow me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. It's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49-E-R-S. And we have a lot to talk about. The offseason is pretty much getting underway now, even with the whole coronavirus thing going on. Teams are making free agent moves left and right, signing players here and there. Trades are happening, obviously. Buckner got traded, Hopkins got traded, Stephon Diggs got traded, so on and so forth. But obviously, we're here to talk about Niners and whatnot. So with that further ado, Zach, let's get it underway. The biggest move that the Niners have pulled, honestly, even more so than any free agent signings the past few years or trades, they traded away Buckner to the Colts for the 13th overall pick. What do you think of that? I know the pick is really rich. It seems like the Niners haven't had a pick like that that they haven't earned in a long time. So I got to ask you, what do you think of the move? Yeah, it's tough, man, because I mean, going into this year and even last year, as soon as they acquired, you know, D Ford, um, we kind of knew they were going to be strapped for draft capital in, in this upcoming draft. And we were hoping maybe they could acquire some, some more twos or threes. And they kind of went all out and just traded uh, a captain, um, you know, uh, I forget which specific award he won uh, last year. Maybe it was the Bill Walsh Award. I can't remember one, but it was, you know, pretty much an award that was, you know, speaking to his value as a leader in the locker room. And um, it, it's tough, man. But I honestly think it mainly comes down to their inability to fit his salary amongst all the other 49ers players that are going to be due for contracts soon. Uh, for example, George Kittle. And, you know, Eric Armstead and guys like that. So it's just like, you know, they're able to get Armstead's contract done, but it's a tough loss for the 49ers. I mean, he was a all pro player, uh, MVP of the team. He was, you know, constantly disruptive in the middle of the line. And, you know, also not only that, he had a great, like I said, rapport with most of the guys, strong leader. And he was, you know, probably best friends with Eric Armstead. They go back to Oregon together. So it's really tough. I mean, what did you think about it? Did you agree with the move? At first, I was like, wow, this is uh, this is pretty incredible. I didn't know what to think of the move because I personally loved Buckner. I thought at first they should have re-signed him. Obviously, this trade shows that they wouldn't have been able to make it work with Armstead getting re-signed and then eventually Jimmy Ward, who got a good amount of guaranteed money. I think it was $15 million or $18 million. And then not even considering the fact that they had to extend Kittle eventually, you know, Garoppolo's contract is going to come up pretty soon too. And even with the large cap spike that's going to happen, I think they're going to be up to forty million that's going to go up. They they had a lot of decisions to make now, and unfortunately, Buckner was just not another casualty of the league, but basically a casualty of the process. And I'm not knocking John Lynch or Shanahan or whoever decided to pull pull the decision at all because in hindsight it makes sense you trade away a player that you couldn't afford at a very high price and the 13th overall pick that's huge it's really big and you look at a team like the colts who who could have used that pick to draft a possible quarterback like jordan love or if justin herbert fell 
things of that nature because they had Jacoby Brissett, but it didn't look like he was the answer. And obviously they signed Phillip Rivers, so it didn't seem like they were going to use that pick on a quarterback necessarily anyways. But if Rivers didn't get signed, you never know. But the point being is that the Niners got really good value for a really good player. It's tough to lose him, and it's tough to lose a player who really dominated that front four along Bosa, Armstead, and Ford. But they have guys like Julian Taylor and DJ Jones who can step in and really, really fill that hole that Buckner played in. And that's not to say that they can play at the level that Buckner played at, because again, Buckner was an all pro. He's a team MVP. He was loved by the entire locker room, but it also shows that John Lynch and Robert Sala believe in the D line and think that they have a chance, assuming they don't draft a D lineman in the first round to, to really see if those guys can step up. And obviously they have Solomon Thomas who, who has played a lot better on the inside than the edge in my opinion. So DJ Jones, Julian Taylor, who can play interior also, Solomon Thomas, they have a bunch of guys and a bunch of bodies that could really step up and take role of that position. And right now it looks like DJ Jones, but once camp finishes, once free agency finishes and all that stuff, it's going to be a huge toss-up. It really is. And again, it sucks to lose Buckner, but I also think it's a new, it's almost like a new direction for the team in a sense. And they have a lot of guys who can play the spot. And I think they're just ready to step in, see what they got, and chase for the Super Bowl again, point blank. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited to see DJ Jones step in and back from injury. Uh, he's going to have some big shoes to fill, I mean, without a doubt. But I'm really, really excited to see his growth and where he goes as, as a player and surrounded by really, you know, elite talent. Um, and not only that, but what the 49ers are able to do with the 13th overall pick, um, I I would be very shocked if they went with uh, defensive linemen again. It seems like ever since uh, John Lynch stepped in, they've gone defense, uh, specifically D-line D every every year. So um, I, I hope this is the year Kyle puts his foot down and says, go get me my Julio, because, man, the, these wide receivers – they're looking really good and they could really take this team to the next level. Um, and, and that leads me to my next question. Veteran wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, who the 49ers acquired, uh, you know, early on uh, last season, uh, he ended up signing with the new Orleans saints. They signed him to a two year, $16 million contract worth up to 19 million. Um, do you think the 49ers will regret not matching that? I don't think he'll necessarily be missed. I think his veteran presence will be missed more so than his actual gameplay. And look, he was a good blocker. He's 33 years old. He was a above average receiver in this offense that really plays favorites for receivers. So Sanders was kind of able to step up his own level of play, if you will, having to play with a quarterback like Garoppolo and an offensive play caller like Shanahan. So I don't think the loss will be as big as some people think. Obviously, on social media, it seems like that a lot of people are upset that Sanders is gone. And you look at what he signed for, which is what, two years, 19 million, I think, right? 19? And uh, 16 about, up to 19, yeah. Okay, up to 19, 16, basically 8 million per. And you look at that now, and it's like, oh, well, the Niners could have afforded that, especially with the salary cap supposedly going up next season. But the thing is, is that you got to consider what's going on with the salary cap now how that money is going to play into re-signing guys, extending guys, signing guys too. And 
I, I don't know, dude. I just think eight and a half million for a 33 year old wide receiver coming off of an Achilles injury their year prior. I, I don't know. I just don't feel it. And again, the national football league does not play well to guys who are getting older. It is very rare to see guys who get old, still succeed. Obviously the quarterback position is one of those spots that guys can get older and still somewhat excel at offensive line is the same too. But I mean, cornerbacks, D linemen, linebackers, wide receivers, especially running backs and tight ends, age doesn't play a factor or age does play a factor into those guys a lot. And even if Sanders is able to really change his play style to fit his age and the fact that he's slowing down, then good for him. But the fact of the matter is that this team needs young, ready-made talent who can step up, who can be the next, I guess, Emmanuel Sanders for the team, if you will, for the next five to 10 years, especially in the draft or especially in free agency where we've seen linkage to Robbie Anderson. We've seen trade rumors with Odell Beckham. We've seen draft rumors with Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. So the Niners have all the options necessary and and they they just need a young guy. They really do. And I know the wide receiver unit is already young as it is. I mean, I don't think anyone is older than, what, 26 or 27 outside of maybe Kendrick Bourne, who I think is 25. <laughs> everyone is young, though. That's the point is that everyone is young. And it's not necessarily ideal to have almost an entire unit be young per se. But I don't think age is much of a factor when you have guys who have confidence, who have the ability, and who know they can get the job done. So yeah, losing Sanders sucks, but losing him also opens the door for the next guy to step in and take over that number one or number two role for the team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, I saw some people, like you said, on Twitter and just – on social media in general that were very, very shocked and, and almost hurt. It seemed like that the 49ers let him walk. And just like you said, I mean, taking into consideration his age, um, you know, looking forward to his predict productivity will dip. And, you know, I know only, I know he was only with the 49ers from week eight on, but I mean, I, I was looking up his stats right now. He had 36 catches for 502 yards. So, I mean, it's not like he, lit the seat lit the team on fire and and mind you uh what is that 169 of those yards were in two games so the rest of the games he had 333 yards split up against six um six games he was averaging 50 yards a, a game so it's like that's not hard to um fill that's not hard to get from somebody else and i think with debo emerging as somewhat of a, a go-to guy for this team. I mean, the really second half, um, specifically the, the last quarter of last year, man, he was turning it on. He was, he was really lighting the field up. So I think that the 49ers are extremely excited with where he's headed. And like I said, in uh, answering the last question, the 13th pick really, really sets them up uh, into getting a, an elite wide receiver prospect that could really take this uh, offense to the next level and help guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne. And not only that, but there's still a list of unproven when it comes to the wideouts. You got Dante Pettis, who had a severe regression uh, this past year after showing a lot of promise his rookie year. We have Trent Taylor coming back from injury, and we have Jalen Hurd also coming back from injury. Now, don't get me wrong. I've heard the question marks about Jalen Hurd like you all have. 
Uh, Matt Mayoko has reported the 49ers didn't let him fly on the plane to the Super Bowl because they weren't even uh, sure how his back could handle it. So there's definitely question marks there. But this is how you find out. You find out by getting through it. And if they're able to go, they're able to go. If not, you put these backup plans in place. You have plan B, plan C. And I think getting the 13th overall pick is their plan B. It's their backup in case that's not able to happen. But man, just just think of this real quick, guys. Whoever's who's listening to this, a, a wide receiver unit of a healthy Debo Samuel. Say they get a guy like, oh man, I'm reaching here, but say they get Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. And then they get a healthy and productive Dante Pettis, a healthy Kendrick Bourne, and then Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd are able to both come back and be productive. And you got Richie James still back there returning punts. That's a, that's a scary sight, man. So the 49ers' best case scenario is looking really, really good. And it's looking like a top, you know, top 10, top five offense next year, just based off that alone. And not only that, but it takes some stress off the running game. Um, now, now we kind of touched upon uh, Armstead earlier, but as we know, the 49ers re-signed Armstead to a massive contract. Um, I believe it was being reported at first as just a five-year contract, and then the stats kind of are, excuse me, the details kind of came out, and it ended up being a six-year contract, I believe. So do you think that the 49ers made the right choice in, say, keeping him over a guy like uh, Defoe? Yeah, I did. And look, you can't replace all pro talent. I will admit that. I think Buckner at his one spot alone is better than Armstead. Like interior tackle, obviously Buckner is better than Armstead, I think. But when it comes to versatility and when it comes to guys who can be very effective at no matter what position you're at, whether it is edge or interior, Armstead takes the cake and that's just circumstantial and it's not really Buckner's fault, but it's the fact that Armstead was able to excel at two different positions and run away with the contract essentially. And I mean, that's just all it came down to was just position versatility and who can do what better. And Armstead just is a better overall all around player. I mean, again, Buckner is better at the interior, but that doesn't mean that Armstead isn't better all around. And you got to give credit to Armstead, man. He really he really showed up last season and he may not get the cute sacks or the hot sacks like Buckner was able to get. But when it comes to stuffing runs, when it comes to rushing the passer or even just pressuring in general, I think Armstead can hit home and I think Armstead can really be more impactful. I don't know how else to word it. And again, it sucks. It really sucks. It The fact that we had to lose Buckner and it came down to one or the other. It's it's a tough decision and it's a tough business decision, but you got to look at how it's going to play out in the long run. Now, looking at the contract, it's eight years up to $85 million, which tells me that a lot of it is incentive-based. It's a backloaded contract, so next season he's going to get paid out $12.5 million. Then in 2022, $20 million. 2023, $21 million. And then 2024, $23 million. So they essentially backloaded this contract so the Niners could have a better or have a little more wiggle room with salary cap and be able to sign other guys like Ward and be able to extend Kittle and extend whoever else they need to. And I just think that okay, so here's another thing too. Is you look at the contract that Buckner got, for example, and Buckner got the second highest paid contract for interior defensive linemen, or I think D linemen overall, next to uh Aaron Donald. So it's like you're kind of sacrificing, 
I, I guess you could say the second best interior D lineman for a guy who's going to take a little less money, but also be more versatile. And that's another big factor that played into it is who can we afford? Whose contract can we work with more? And that was just a case with Armstead, but I'm not upset about it. If it was the other way around, I wouldn't have been upset about it at all either. At the end of the day, I think it's the right choice. I think Armstead is extremely flexible with his defense. I think he could do it all. I think he could be especially impactful on the interior, and we'll see that come to be next season. And he just I, – I, I just have to say he's the better overall player than Buckner. It's really tough to admit, but that's what it came down to, and you got to give it to Armstead. Yeah, I think it really gets put into perspective when you talk about you know, second only to Aaron Donald. And I don't think the 49ers, you know, I'm not saying that they don't agree that he's a great player, but they simply don't have the means to pay him that amount. And uh, just real quick, I think you accidentally said eight years, uh, five-year contract and a six-year option, uh, which would be, you know, the 1.5 million. But yeah, totally backloaded contract. The 49ers were able to you know, play with the numbers and get them to fit just right. It's like a game of Tetris, but they were able to get it done. And I think it's a massive, massive piece that they're able to bring back. And, you know, it really, really helps sure up the the front end of the defense, even with the loss of DeForest Buckner. Now, speaking of bringing back key pieces, they also were able to re-sign Jimmy Ward. Um, do you think that it's positive? Uh, it's a positive thing to have continuity in the secondary or do you think that the 49ers kind of kept the guy around one year too long and they they would have been better off drafting a young guy at at in the secondary it's a really weird thing to think about because you look at jimmy ward who a lot of people quote labeled as injury prone he finally has a solid healthy season he gets paid and then he then you always have to consider Now, can he stay healthy? And he played, what, 16 games last season? Here, I'm looking at it right now. I'm sorry. He played 13 games last season. The season prior, nine. The season before that, seven. So this was kind of his first season being fully healthy since 2015. And it's a little risky, I think, to have to give him a lot of money. Or not a lot of money, but a good amount of money for a guy who finally has had one healthy season and we got to see if he can do it again but shoot you know I'm not here to slander Jimmy Ward but I will say that there's a part of me that kind of kind of wishes that we drafted a safety and that's only because of my concern for if he can stay healthy and considering the money that he got because you look at the safety class was pretty good it wasn't great but it was good enough and you had guys like Grant Delpit, Xavier McKinney, Javelin Gidry, you know, names like that who the Niners could plug and play more or less. But you also factor into how long it's going to take them to acclimate. Can they fit the system? Will they fit the system? Are they worth it? Are they worth it at that draft position? Considering that the Niners, even after trading Buckner, don't have that many draft picks to begin with. So it's basically, do we bring the guy back who we can hope stay healthy at a pretty relatively good cost and who knows the system well, or should we let him walk, get a guy on a good rookie contract, have to retrain him through the thing and go through the whole process. So it's one or the other, and I'm leaning more towards, I kind of wish we drafted a guy, but at the end of the day, I'm happy we got Ward. And I want to hear what you think about it, because I feel like not that many people have talked about how 
or like what the ramifications of signing Ward really could be versus drafting a safety, especially in a weak class. Yeah, you know, I think, like you said, Jimmy Ward gets a lot, a lot of slander on Twitter, uh, specifically injury prone, um, guy's a bum, he didn't have any any interceptions, stuff like that. The reason why he doesn't have any interceptions is because in this sort of system, they're not around the ball that often. They're, you know, they're kind of the last case scenario, the last line of defense. So they're not set up to have, you know, 10 interceptions, eight interceptions. That's not really the case. Um, more so the cornerbacks will probably get those numbers. But I think when he was in the lineup and when he was out of it, it was a drastic, there was a drastic difference uh, in, in the defense. And I think you could really tell um, they 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 missed him. They missed his his performance. They missed his his leadership, his his knowledge. He's a very smart football player, and I think it shows when he's on the field. And I definitely think having some some con- continuity in having him there definitely helps because you know this is a very it's a simple defense, but what they're asking them to do is is a lot. And if you get a young guy in there, man, you know, they're going to be facing, you know, a really, really tall hill to climb, so to speak, in their first year, especially if they're thrown, thrusted into the starting lineup. So it's just, I I agree with the decision. And, you know, I think he was signed for three years, 28.5 million. That's not bad money at all. Um, And I, I definitely think that the 49ers with as little picks as they have, they, they should focus on being able to fill holes that they can now with free agency because, you know, I know it's a finite amount of money that they can spend, but they need to fill those holes with money to where they're not able to fill them with draft picks. So I, I agree with them with bringing him back. And I like Jimmy Ward more than most. Um, you know, I don't think he's injury prone. I think he's just had an unfortunate career I guess you could say yeah the jokes are there to be made he's made a glass he's always injured but I just think he's he's gonna have another good year next year and hopefully you know fans start putting some respect on his name now with these specific moves only that we've talked about um, trading Buckner for the 13th pick letting Sanders go not matching that contract uh, re-signing Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward with just those what five moves right there do you think the 49ers are in a better position or have they set themselves up, excuse me, to be in a better position next year? Or do you think that they've set themselves back? It definitely feels like a, uh, it definitely, I don't know. To me, I was really thinking about it. It kind of feels like a, almost a boomer bust kind of scenario in which they're in. And here's why I just talked about how Jimmy Ward's health is a huge factor going into the season. He's got to stay healthy. He is a huge piece into this defense. And we saw what happened when he came out for a few games and then Marcel Harris, or excuse me, that was Chikwaski Tart. Well, the point being, though, is that you miss a guy like Tart or even a guy like Ward and you put someone in like Marcel Harris or Tavares Moore and you look at the results and it's not that good. So you look at the importance of having these guys and you look at the importance of making sure Ward is healthy. And then the same thing kind of applies to Armstead in the sense that was he a product of having Buckner next to him and having the defensive line just play solid overall? Or was Armstead really stepping up and being that guy? And I'm not saying he wasn't, but it's just a question to think about. And you look at things like that and you go, can they bank on the defense being consistent and playing at the level that they were last season or this past season? 
and that that what that's basically what leads me to think that all these moves they've made so far have kind of been boom or bust. And obviously it'll depend on the draft. It'll depend on the rest of the free agency signings as well. But I think the draft will really determine like the direction they go in because you look at who they got to extend, who they got to resign. You got to look at the positions they're going to address. I mean, Joe Staley needs to retire at some point. Obviously they need to fix tackle, they need to address wide receiver. George Kittle could use a better tight end next to him. You look at defense and you think that, well, do they really trust the guys they have or do they need to draft a guy like Javon Kinlaw or I think uh, Ross Blacklock at the back end of the first round, guys like that. They could always work on linebacker too. I mean, it's just it's just a lot. I really think it's a lot in my opinion. They could use another solid backup linebacker because Elijah Lee is left. I think Nazacha's contract is up too. And then obviously Richard Sherman is getting old. Can Emmanuel Mosley, excuse me, be consistent? What's up with Witherspoon? So there's a lot of things going on with here. And I know it's a lot for me to talk about, but to sum it all up, I'm going to roll with I think it's boom or bust because the draft, the rest of the free agency signings will really determine – how confident and how much John Lynch and Shanahan really believe in this team being continuous and being successful for another season once again. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, they were seven minutes away, roughly six six and some change, from winning the Super Bowl. And most teams that get either that far or win the Super Bowl, their entire team looks completely different the next year. Uh, with the rare exception that most of the team is on rookie contracts. Um, that's not the case with this team. They are a relatively young team, but a lot of their pieces are are older guys, veterans, a lot of key pieces, I should say. And when you think about it, you know, a few, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, they trade away Buckner, uh, you know, guys like Elijah Lee, like you said, guys like that are, are, aren't coming back. But man, the, the main core of this team is back together. And that's kind of astounding to be able to do and, and kind of not have to reload as much to go and get back at another run. They're pretty much right where they were going into uh, next year. So I definitely think that they've set themselves up to be in a better position, um, especially with the acquisition of 13. Because now if you think about it, if they were looking at trading back from 31, um, it's almost like, you know, when you're desperate, people can smell that on you. Now, if the 49ers, if they want to trade back from 31, it's almost like, look, if it doesn't happen, um, I'm not too worried about it because I have my 13 and I can get whatever I want. And if you're, if I don't find what the exact thing that I'm looking for, then I'll just keep it. You know, I'm not as desperate as to get those, those, to recoup those picks because I can add two blue chip players right now and still just roll with the cards as I have them. So I think it really, really helps them, and I think it really sets them up to be in a really, uh, excuse me, in a really good position going into next year. So I think I think they did a good job setting themselves up, especially considering you can't pay everybody. You can't pay everybody, especially when you have, you know, a, a defensive line full of former first round picks that have all pretty much been playing up to expectations, if not exceeding expectations. The bill comes due at some point, and you're not able to pay everybody what they're worth. So instead of ruining that relationship with DeForest Buckner, instead of lowballing him, instead of, you know, slapping the franchise tag on him, no, they just said, you know, we're not going to be able to afford you. Why don't we cut our losses right now? Shake hands, say goodbye, thank you for your time, 
and will get a hell of a return on him. Talk about return on investment because, man, 13th overall pick. What do they draft him at? Seven, I want to say, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I, I confuse what they got him in Armstead at. But just hell of a return on investment on him. And it really sets them up. I mean, they could get a key, say, free, uh, wide receiver in the draft. And I know I keep talking about that, but that's where my mind is because I really, really think that's where they go. And I think the writing was on the table for not re-signing Emmanuel Sanders when they acquired the 13th overall pick. So I'd have to say, yes, they put themselves in a better position going into next year. Now, going into our RGS mailbag to wrap things up, um, we only had one question from Temecula33, and he had a question, kind of a topical question, um, with everything going on right now with COVID-19, which I hope all of you guys are hunkered down indoors, staying safe. Uh, if you're an essential employee, still got to work like the both of us, just, you know, wash your hands, carry a bottle of sanitizer with you, do whatever you got to do. Stay safe out there, guys. Um, with all of COVID-19, if it happens to extend into the new football year, Anthony, do you think the 49ers would continue practice with, say, personal protective equipment? Or do you think that it just would be scrapped altogether. Yeah, I think it'd just be scrapped altogether. I mean, I wouldn't want my players to be exposed to that kind of thing in any sort of way. I think what you can do, and I'm sure teams obviously do it, is really focus on individual workouts. And I wouldn't be surprised if they would still be in the same room going over film and, and play concepts and stuff like that. But when it comes to practice and Obviously, they're getting hot. It's all sweaty. You know how practices are. I think it would just be one-on-one. I think that's the best way to keep the guys safe. I think that's the best way to to ensure that they stay healthy and nothing bad possibly happens. And even if it means avoiding using equipment altogether, so be it. The only thing they can use is what their own helmets and pads and <laughs> I guess their own footballs. But other than that, man, I think that's really it. Keep it safe. Wash your hands, hand sanitize, shower, brush your teeth do all of that kind of stuff and just keep the players safe and keep everyone safe because the stuff is just, it's madness, man. It's amazing how fast it's really spreading. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And just adding on to that, um, as far as, you know, like you said, they could all watch film. They don't even have to be together to watch film. Everybody has a laptop. They could all just be video conference called in and all just be watching the same thing from the comfort of their own couch. Now, I don't think it's going to last that long. God forbid that be the case because, man, we'd be in way over our heads if that's if it does last up until, you know, July, August. If it does, ugh, I don't even know if there will be a football season come August and September. I mean, we've seen all these other major leagues completely postpone, cancel, uh, put their, their league on hold. So I don't think that the NFL would be do any different i i can't imagine they would put uh their their, their players and the, the product overall product at risk just to continue the, the league um so i i just hope it doesn't last that long man but that's gonna do it for us today uh tonight guys we really appreciate you guys tuning in and um we apologize for the delay in releasing um obviously everything's been ridiculously crazy lately with the covid19 virus I've been sick the last week or two, um, not coronavirus sick, just sick, uh, lost my voice, really bad chest pains, you know, the whole nine yards, but we are back and we want to give you guys some sort of 
uh, return to normalcy, something to get you through. If you guys are staying at home, if you guys are going to work, something to either help pass the day on your couch or help your commute to work uh, and take your mind off things, you know, get your mind back on football, back on the 49ers where it should be. So that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Anthony, do you have any final words? Nah, man, it's nice to be back. I'm praying every day that I stay healthy. I've been healthy for, well, ever since this stuff has really been going on before that. You know, my secrets have been washing the hell out of my hands and drinking lots of high pulp orange juice because I think vitamin C got to strengthen the immune system and stay healthy. But uh, yeah, guys, that'll wrap it up. Great podcast today, Zach. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. Perry underscore 49ers. It's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49-E-R-S. Yes. And man, I've been washing my hands so much. They're literally like cracking, uh, cutting. Like I'm like trying to lather up lotion because this hurts. <laughs> but I mean, it's better than the alternative. So um, stay safe out there, guys, like Anthony said. And it is very, very good to be back. Um and that's going to do it for us tonight. Follow us on Twitter at RGS Pod. You can follow me at Zach Hernand. And if you guys are listening on iTunes, do us a solid. Go and leave us a review. We really appreciate them. We read them all. Um, and stay safe out there, guys. Um, that's going to do it for us. Go Niners. And everybody have a good week.